Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome into the Lake Show on another very uh, cold evening in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. Happy to be with you guys again until 9 p.m. tonight with uh, producer Christopher Tubbs. That much closer to the weekend. And that much closer to 30-degree temperatures next week. I'm looking forward to uh, to next week's weather. want to dive right into the show because I have several different guests um, on the show tonight, one each hour. And the, the, the first topic of conversation really is about, it, it's a question for most people out there that are struggling with something that they have to do here in 2024. And I'm not struggling with what everybody else is struggling with. I'm not for one second questioning what I'm doing or where I will land when voting in this year's presidential election. Not for one second. Not for one second will I waver for who I'm voting for. And I don't have an issue telling the world, telling all of you, that I'm voting for Joe Biden. And I say that acknowledging, as I have many times, that I'm not really a Joe Biden fan. Okay, let me just be be clear about that. I've said that before he won the Democratic uh, nomination leading up to him winning the election against Donald Trump. And I, I still pretty much feel the same way. And now I'm not going to sit here and act like he hasn't done some some good things since going into the White House. Of course he has, okay? But I, I know that I will never vote for Donald Trump. My moral standards, me wanting a decent, a decent human being in office, that matters to me. I wouldn't care if I was told that my salary was going to increase times 10. I won't do it and I can't do it. 
I, I don't personally feel like he's good for America. I don't feel like he respects us, and I'm talking about all of us. They were all underneath him because I don't believe that he cares about us at all. It's all about him. So, so I, I don't. I am not struggling with who am I voting for because it, it's really it's it's those two individuals, right? Now, now, do I think that there's going to be some things percolating with one of these court cases? Yes, I do believe that Trump is going to have some issues here this year that he and his lawyers are going to try to navigate and try to get some assistance with the Supreme Court. But but I think that there's going to be some issues there. But don't have a crystal ball. Not sure. But this is what I have to ask you, the listening audience, because there are people that listen to the show that are um, strongly conservative, strongly liberal, Democratic, um, uh, Republicans, a mix. But you know what a lot of people, and I even think that the majority of the people out there listening, they don't want these two individuals to be the candidates. They don't want it to be, I got to pick between Joe Biden, I got to pick between Donald Trump. What does a person do when they don't, in particular, care for the nominees for president? What do you do? 651-461-9226. That's the question. What does a person do when they, when they don't like either of the choices? I'm going to tell you, me personally, I am going to go for the person that I look at and I say, from a value perspective, my, my, my moral compass, who do I align with? Their policies, although I may, may be against a, a few things, where do I more so side with or align with? Because we know this, there's no perfect candidate. We know that. And actually, I think we've got a bunch of flawed candidates. But, but how, do you, how do you decide? Like, like where is the where, – where do you look and you say, you know what, man, I really – I'm not pro this person, her or him, but I got to lean towards this person over this person because of this. And I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not um, going to vote for someone thinking that I'm going to be richer because of that. That's not a thing. I remember back in 2016, my co-host at the time when I was living in Kansas City, he voted for Donald Trump expecting that he was going to make a lot more money in our jobs. It was uh, the, the economy was going to be booming. We were going to be in a situation that was more advantageous. And I told him from the jump, I said, look, it's not going to be that way. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man, great businessman. He's, he's, he's done it. I, I said, hey, I got to tell you something, bro. He don't care about you. He don't care about me. This is a situation where I believe the rich are going to get richer. And sure enough, that's the way things kind of played out. And the other thing, and this is directly, let me speak just purely about Donald Trump. 
Because I'm, I'm sure that there are people out there that say, you know what, I'm, I'm voting for Trump, and this is why. And I, and I don't have an issue with you calling in. Or if you call in about Joe Biden, 651-461-9226. If the comeback is when we're talking about trying to get certain things done, I think that that's one of the number one knocks against the former president. Because you were sold on, you were getting a wall, and Mexico was going to pay for it. How'd that work? To this day, have we seen the health care plan for Americans, or did we just see an empty binder? I'm not sitting here looking at Joe Biden like he's the greatest damn thing. But there's no question, no question what I'm going to do. But what do you, if you don't look at the presidential um, nominees and you are wavering and you're like, I don't really know, what do you do? How do you decide? Because everybody should make a decision. 651-461-9226. Your phone calls, your text are next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back to the Lake Show. News Talk 830-WCCO, 651-461-9226. Got people chiming in on the text line if you'd like to call in. We take your, your phone calls as well. Text line. Even if you don't want either candidate, you need to vote for Biden to prevent Trump from winning. 
Yes, this is true. Um, I, I think more than anything, there's an accountability issue with Donald Trump that that has to be dealt with. Um, I, I don't. I, there's there's not a voting booth that I could walk into in anywhere in America and vote for somebody that has all of these indictments hanging over his head. That has all of well, he's got the the situation, um, the sexual assault um, that he, he he's already lost it in court. Okay, he's, he's lost that. Okay, he's lost that. Seven six three, vote for a write in. I can't believe you are willingly voting for someone who is senile. They're both senile. And no. A write-in vote is throwing your vote away. We know that. The third parties, we're not there yet in America. So stop with the write-in or the third party. We're not there yet. What, what's the news broke today that who's starting a, a, their own party? Uh, RFK Jr.? Stop already. It's nonsense. We're not there yet in America. From the 651, I agree with you, Henry, and pray Dean Phillips can become a strong candidate and replace Biden. I don't think that's going to happen. People, I think we need to wake up and we need to understand what's going on and who we're looking at. The two people that you keep hearing about are going to win the nominations for the parties. Yes, those are most like the only thing about the Trump side of it is all the court cases. That's the only thing that can sidetrack this situation. Now, if that sidetracks it, then we're talking about a whole new ball game. But we'll see how that plays out. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, this, uh, from the 763, twice in my voting career, I have used the write-in option when I couldn't bring myself to vote for either candidate, Eric and Crystal. This is not a time where we can look and say that the write-in, like the write-in or sitting it out, that this is not, that's not an option. It's it's not an option here. Uh, don't you think this from the six six one two? Don't you think that Dean Phillips is a viable candidate? I can't quote you his platform chapter and verse, but he comes across as a moderate Democrat. Uh, the more he's mentioned in the media, local and nationally, more will get to know him. Look, I, I I ask this respectfully. How does anybody think that Dean Phillips in this particular um, cycle of presidential campaigns would do any better than Amy Klobuchar did a, a few years ago. Yeah, the, the, I mean, yeah. answer that question with all seriousness. Yeah, you're looking at Joe Biden on the Democratic side. There's nobody. I understand what Dean Phillips is trying to do, and I respect what he's trying I respect, to do. I respect him. I, I Actually, I respect him saying Dang it, we need other people jumping into the fray, jumping into the fight. He's I rocking was, the boat, nobody, said, and they don't like that. I said that from day one. I said that months before he even I, – I think I said a whole year before he even announced that he was going to do this. I respect him for that. Mm-hmm. I totally do. Uh, let's take a phone call from – let's go to Dave in Andover. What's up, Dave? Yeah, good evening, Henry. <laughs> Gentlemen there. Um, yeah, you know, I've talked to you a couple times. You know, like I said, I'm originally from the Twin Cities here, 75 years old. Yep. So I've seen a lot. And, um, you know, there's t- 
times when that, you know, it's difficult for me to vote. I've, and I'll state this unequivocally. I've never voted for a Republican in my life. But like I said, I was raised during the Vietnam era and, and um, you know, dealt with all of that stuff. And yep. I, I've seen a lot, uh, you know, in this country. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I don't think that this country is going to get straightened out more than likely until a woman takes over. Who straightens everything out in our society for the most part? The women. I have said said this for the longest time. I I won't say the longest time, but at least for the last decade. Women are the best leaders in in this world right now. Flat out. No doubt about it. There's no question in my mind. Yeah, they got more sense. They got, I mean, there, there's something about. Oh, they're too emotional. They're too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm and, being sarcastic when I said that. I'm sorry? No, no, I, I said the, the whole, remember the whole phrase with, with Hillary Clinton was, oh, she, we, you know, women are too emotional. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, ridiculous stuff. Anyway. Yeah, well, you know, the Hillary would, you know, would have been better than, yeah, and I'm not a, a Clinton fan of mm-hmm. either Bill Clinton. Clinton or Hillary Clinton, but you know, like Jerry, I'm a big, great old Grateful Dead fan. I love <laughs> music, period. And I, I, I love that people. Most people don't realize what what fantastic musicians, you know, the Grateful Dead were. Phil Lesh, you know, had a degree, you know, in music. He he was a classically trained. Ill musician. So, so, Ill. so, so. Let me ask you the question before I let you go because I got to run. I got to get to some more of these texts. Sure. What, what do you think about when when I say if a person if they're looking at the candidates they just can't get with two? Let's say let's say that you're on the fence. What's your deciding factor there? The lesser of two evils. Well, like Jerry Garcia, you say when you vote for the lesser of two evils, you still end up with evil. But but Trump is. A consummate evil. All right, but, uh, Joe Biden. I believe Joe Biden, you know, basically is a decent person. And, and, and that's and, and thanks for the phone call from David Andover. That that's where I'm at. That I, that's where I'm at. The text line here. Um, it says uh, this is a national election, and nobody outside of Minnesota has even heard of Dean Phillips. Um, this one from the 612, I chose not to vote when it was Trump versus Hillary. Could not tolerate either one. I, too, will vote for the lesser of the two. Uh, no way in good conscience uh, could I vote for Trump. I will vote for Biden by default. Uh, this one, uh, Mr. Lake, you're so far left, it's not even funny. Our current president has done everything wrong. The DFL has gotten this country in deep trouble in the last three years. Why don't you talk about that? You call me and tell me what's gone wrong. You tell me and tell me how I'm so far left when I told you I viewed Joe Biden as a flawed candidate back then and even currently now. You tell me so much. You tell address the we never got a health care plan from Donald Trump in four years. Are you still waiting for his taxes? I bet you are. Are you still waiting for the wall? I bet you are. What did he give you? Tell me what he gave you. What did he do for you? 
other than Roe v. Wade. Tell me, how did Donald Trump make your life great? Tell me about the America that he made great again. Or did he make more hate again? Did he make it more divisive? That's what I believe. You tell me. Because I'm not sitting here telling you I got all the answers. I'm telling you that I'm voting for the lesser of two evils. And I actually do think that when we talk about Tri-Kirkus, I think that Joe Biden's done better than, than Donald Trump. And I don't, I don't think that anybody thinks that that's, like, groundbreaking when I say that. No. One thing I keep hearing about is the border, and the border is a problem. But if you look at over the last several years when the Democrats have wanted to you know, give funding to the border and try and help, Republicans have voted it down. Why? If the border is that big of an issue and it's that much of a concern, why is it every time that there's a funding bill that's brought, Republicans are turning it down? Because it's political theater. If you don't have that as a talking point, what do you have? And and to me, I'm with you, Henry, in that Joe Biden is very, very flawed. He is. Joe Biden is not perfect. I don't look at Joe Biden and see, man, he's the guy I'm going to buy the T-shirt. I'm going to buy a hat. I'm going to buy a flight. I'm going to do all this. But I do want my daughter to be able to vote in the future. And I feel like if Donald Trump gets back into the White House, I don't I don't know that she's going to get that right. And Trump, that's a concern to me. Trump, he was like us. Now we're poor with Biden. How was Donald Trump like you? Seriously, the average American, Donald Trump is like you. What do you see yourself in Donald Trump? What what in yourself do you see in Donald Trump? Please tell me, texter, 651-461-9226. Because I'd love to know how you guys are similar. Do you believe that, that the people that protect and serve in the military, they're Suckers and losers. Do you believe that? Do you love the way he disrespect this woman after this woman after this? Like, come on, people. Morally, I could never go there. A little bit more political conversation. Not from me, but more so from Aaron Rupar from Public Notice. He joins us next after weather on The Late Show. All right, let's welcome in Aaron Rupar from Public Notice, the newsletter. Joining us here. On the Lake Show, Aaron, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. I've been better. Um, I, I started the show. Uh, I think I've ticked off the MAGA crowd clearly, which which that doesn't bother me because <laughs> I'm super far left. The issue is this: um, I don't, and I will never waver in this election year on who I'm going to vote for. Uh, if it if the if it's between Donald Trump and it's it's Joe Biden, clearly. I'm voting for Biden 100 percent of the time. I'm I believe that I'm uh, that I have strong convictions and morals. I'm not morally bankrupt. I, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that after we're this far removed from 2016 and Donald Trump first going into office to this particular point, I'm still shocked that the cult 
type of situation that he has still exists. Does does that surprise you at all? After all of this, all the indictments and all of the 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 the, the comments that he's made, the disrespect that he's made for everyone out there, are you still surprised that he's that he's got a a, a hold on people like he does? I am uh, definitely. I mean, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, the one thing I would point out to kind of push back a little bit um, that's, you know, kind of topical as well is that with the Iowa caucuses having just happened on Monday, you know, I think it's worth reminding people that Trump got, I think, 51 percent of the, the vote there, which means that there are 49 percent of Republicans in Iowa who are not uh, supporting him, who you know either voted for Nikki Haley or uh, DeSantis or Vivek was still in the race at that time. And so, you know, I think you're right that his base, it's still very much a cult mentality. And, you know, I can't begin to psychoanalyze that. I mean, you could write, you know, a series of books, probably trying to unpack what's going on there. But I do, you know, I do think it's worth paying attention to the fact that um, for an incumbent of sorts, because he is obviously the leader of the Republican Party, 51 percent is not at all, you know, an overwhelming number. And some of the exit polling in Iowa uh, showed that if he's convicted, for instance, it's like a third of his supporters, uh, at least told, you know, people doing this polling, which may not, you know, they might not be telling the truth, but that they would no longer vote for him um, if he's convicted of a felony. And, you know, it's kind of hard to imagine that that would finally be the breaking point after everything we've lived through. But uh, anyway, I mean, I, I just point out that there is some weakness in his numbers that, you know, shows that you know, maybe the cult isn't as large as some people think it is. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you in being surprised. I mean, he was president for four years. A lot of the things that he campaigned on, he did not accomplish, like building a wall, you know, a lot of the immigration policies that he wanted. Healthcare, to infrastructure week, healthcare. I mean, you, can, you know, the list goes on and on. And so not only that, but then you look at how he's done electorally. And 2018 was a really bad cycle for Republicans. They lost the House. 2020, of course, he lost. Uh, the Senate flipped. And then, uh, you know, we see 2022 where, you know, Republicans took the House very narrowly. But it's not like he has a record, a glorious record of victories uh, since he won in 2016, not winning the Electoral College, by the way. So I'm with you. I mean, I think that. Um, but 51 into- but, but hold on. But hold on. But let, yeah. let, me, let, me, let, me, let me say that. Let me stop before I say, Aaron, I, sure. I, I get the numbers and all that. But but my God, 51 percent for this guy that has shown a lack of respect for our country. Like I'm appalled at his behavior and he still gets half. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I think as hard as it is to wrap your mind around, I think yeah. the, the transgressiveness and the disrespect and the crudeness, you know, even some of the misconduct. I mean, I think that's part of the appeal for his base. Oof. And I think, you know, he activated a lot of you know, a lot of people who probably, you know, weren't regular voters or weren't politically engaged, who became a lot of people who go to his rallies and are his diehard supporters. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a really interesting dynamic. But again, you know, I think um, I'm actually feeling better about the election now than I was a month ago. I think with the economy showing continued signs of strength and it doesn't seem like we're going to have a recession this year. Um, some of the polling has turned, turned on a little bit for Biden, where there's been a couple polls this week showing him ahead of Trump again. And uh, you know, I also think that um, with, you know, if you listen to Trump's speeches like I do, um, the stuff that he is saying is crazier than ever. I mean, some of the, the Nazi rhetoric about immigrants poisoning the blood of the country and, um, you know, saying that, you know, homeless people need to be swept off the streets in Washington, D.C. They're going to take it over. And, um, you know, it's just it's really far out there stuff. And I think that as people kind of tap in, you know, and lock into what he's saying more as we enter more of an election environment this year, I don't think that's going to do him any favors. And so that's just kind of my, you know, instinct based on a little bit of facts and figures and some of the polling that's out there. 
Um, but you're right. I mean, you know, the, the, the cult thing is very disconcerting. And, you know, you or I, we look at Trump, we listen to him. There's not a lot of appeal there. Yep. But I think some of the things that we find so kind of repulsive are the very things that his base is attracted to. Hey, let me ask you this. What was your, your takeaway from the Iowa caucus in terms of the battle between DeSantis and Nikki Haley for number two? Well, you know, it actually turned out kind of as bad as it could have for both of them in a way, um, because had DeSantis finished third, I think he really wouldn't have had a case at that point for staying in the race um, because he really put all the eggs, uh, you know, his entire everything that he was taking his entire campaign on Iowa. And, uh, you know, to kind of eke out a second place finish gave him a rationale for continuing his, his campaign He's now focusing more on South Carolina than New Hampshire, which is the state that has a primary next Tuesday. But the fact that he, you know, won by like one or two percent, uh, one, you know, I shouldn't say one, but finished second, one or two percent over Nikki Haley, it gave him a reason to keep going, and it hurt Haley because by finishing third, now she still has to deal with DeSantis in New Hampshire and South Carolina, and presumably if he got out of the race, at least some of his support would shift to her. So um, I have a hard time really caring too much either way on that because they're, they're so far behind. Um, you know, it's like a 30-point margin. And really, as we look to New Hampshire next week, um, that's really the only state this whole cycle, you know, at least in the early part, that's going to have any suspense whatsoever. Um, there's been some polling showing Healy pretty much neck and neck, you know, around 40% with Trump. And so, you know, it seems like there's at least an outside chance that she pulls off a big upset there. But even if she does, you know, the next state after that is South Carolina, where Trump is up around like 55 percent. You know, of course, this is Nikki Haley's home state. She was governor there. Yeah. And she's losing by like 30 there. And then it's Nevada. And, they're, you know, Trump is way ahead there. And so um, that's why it's hard for me to really get pumped up one way or the other with the, the DeSantis, uh, the DeSantis, Nikki Haley race for second place. So I didn't draw any huge conclusions from it. But I will note, like I said, that the way that it panned out with Haley just eking out or excuse me, DeSantis eking out a second place finish just above Haley it actually in some ways kind of hurt both of them because DeSantis probably should get out of the race at this point. There's really no path for him to win. And, you know, the fact that he's still in the race hurts Nikki Haley. And so, um, you know, it was unfortunate for both of them in that respect. Talking to Aaron Rupar from Public Notice here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO. Um, now, get me up to speed. Hopefully I'm not catching you too off guard. I mean, you, you're so in the know with, with, with the, the political conversation, but I'm not in the know necessarily. I didn't see everything that took place uh, leading into the show. But uh, Netanyahu made some remarks today that I think caught people th- that that people are very um, upset about. What, what did I? What, what what's the latest that I've missed? Because it sounds like, according to a couple people that I saw on social media, they said, "Hey, Biden's going to have to step up and say and be more forceful about what's going on over there in Israel because Netanyahu has has totally like lost it." Yeah, you know, I didn't follow this super close today, but he gave a speech where he he basically said that under no circumstances can he foresee a Palestinian state uh, arising, you know, whenever this conflict ends, the war between Hamas and Israel. And then, you know, within that, he had a a quote that basically said, you know, Israeli sovereignty extends from the river to the sea, kind of appropriating. that's the part I did see about. Yeah, yeah. The the line that, you know, uh, that uh, supporters of Palestine, pro-Palestine, demonstrators have been chanting and, you know, so it seemed like kind of um, needling them, you know, to kind of use that same phraseology. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this was a pretty maximalist stance that he took. And I think, you know, the fact that he basically, you know, categorically said that he doesn't see a Palestinian state anytime in the future or, the, you know, in the, in the short to medium term future, um, that really contradicts, you know, what Biden's line has been, that the only solution is a two state solution. 
Um, and, you know, it really is kind of bad news for Biden in the sense that, um, you know, the United States has been so steadfast in standing by Israel, continuing aid without conditions and, you know, expressing pretty much uncategorical support, with some exceptions where Biden has, of course, said that they need to do more to protect civilian life and things like that. But the fact that, you know, after all of that, the U.S. standing by Israel now through this very difficult you know, number of months since October 7th, and then Yahoo took this opportunity to kind of thumb his nose at U.S. policy and say that he doesn't see a two-state solution being uh, the answer, you know, that, that puts some real daylight between Biden and Netanyahu. And of course, Netanyahu has been very close to the Republican Party and was very close with Trump. Uh, when Trump was president. And, you know, I think you could make a case that Biden is probably more popular in Israel right now than Netanyahu is, uh, because his standing was really eroded by October 7th. So, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, Netanyahu, of course, is part of the war cabinet in Israel. So I don't get the sense that mm-hmm. his job is in danger anytime super soon, you know, until hostilities wind down there. But one of the scary things about that is it gives an incentive for this conflict from Netanyahu's standpoint, to continue on kind of open-ended because it seems like his political career will be ending pretty soon after the hostilities end, given that, you know, I've seen some approval polling for him that's like down in the teens to the low 20s. And so if he wants to hang on to power, you know, and he has his own set of legal troubles uh, related to corruption investigations and charges that he faces over there, then, you know, there's incentive for him to try and drag this thing out as long as he can. So definitely I thought that that comment today, um, despite the fact that I wasn't following it super close, I thought it was quite notable in that, it uh, showed that there is a disconnect between U.S. policy and where Netanyahu is at. And, um, you know, that that's going to be a difficult thing to navigate because um, he's not going anywhere real soon. And um, again, one of the, the few upsides of U.S. policy towards Israel has been that when you stay in lockstep with them, hopefully you have leverage and, um, you know, you can kind of shape their policy to reflect U.S. interests in that region. And it seems like that's not the case right now. All right, Aaron, what, what do you make of um, Dean Phillips' chances of, of getting out here and trying to pull some Biden people away or get some some Democratic support on his side for his can, uh, candidacy? Because there are a couple people that have texted the show tonight, and they said, hey, you know, uh, we, we like and appreciate Dean Phillips. He's somebody that we want to hear more from. Where are you at with Dean Phillips for president? And also, I'm just seeing this now as I'm kind of got all my stuff open up and television monitors on and everything. Andrew Yang endorsed Dean Phillips. I don't think no. that, I don't think that that's a good thing for Dean. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I, I did see polling this week that had Dean in New Hampshire at like twenty eight percent, which you know I thought was kind of shockingly high. Yeah, that is now th- there's kind of a weird story in New Hampshire because um, you know the, the the DNC wanted New Hampshire to be further back in the process and of Biden the primaries can, and, and Biden can't do. Yeah, he can't be a part of that, right? That's and that's part of the reason that he chose not to compete there as kind of a protest over, you know, that that New Hampshire didn't go by the wishes of the DNC to move there. And they selected South Carolina as first, right? Right. So that's the first one that he's actually going to be on the ballot. Now, Biden will probably still end up winning pretty handily, you know, even though it's it's a write in uh, (laughs) campaign at this point because he's on the ballot. Uh, But, you know, Dean has basically moved to New Hampshire. I mean, he's been there for months. And, um, you know, he's done every little community event imaginable. Um, there's been some kind of memes that have been unfortunate for him where, you know, he had one event a couple of weeks ago where literally nobody showed up. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a reporter who was there posting some photos on, on Twitter, which got some traction of Dean kind of sitting on this, uh, you know, it's like a, you know, some sort of like fire truck or emergency vehicle where he was at a police station somewhere, you know, trying to meet with voters and literally nobody showed up. So that, that didn't look too uh, good for him. But like I said, I mean, there was a poll that I saw this week that has him at 28%. So 
Um, it seems like this is kind of his one and only stand, though. You know, I mean, if he ends up, um, I suppose it is possible if he gets like 28 to 30 percent that he can try and parlay that into momentum in future states in the primary. But, um, you know, it seems like I don't know if you followed the episode this week where Bill Ackman, who is this billionaire who is yep. currently embroiled in controversy over a plagiarism scandal involving his wife. But um, he's been very active in agitating against DEI and yep. diversity measures in corporate America. Uh, gave Dean, uh, you know, or at least a pack that is uh, supporting Dean, a million bucks, and then Dean Phillips immediately scrubbed uh, the DEI. You know, a statement. Yes, he had a statement in, embracing DEI on his campaign website, which he promptly removed. And Bill Ackman basically told people that that was a result hmm. of uh, the the support that he gave Dean. So I mean, it seems like he's pretty much out there for the highest bidder at this point. And um, you know, it's kind of been the story of his campaign. Sadly, where, you know, of course, he began by trying to encourage other Democrats to hop in the race. Nobody wanted to do that for obvious reasons. And so he jumped in himself and, um, you know, kind of wrecked his political career in the process. And maybe he wasn't long for Congress anyway. I'm not sure. Um, I've talked with him in the past and, you know, I've always been very impressed with him yeah. interpersonally. And so I was initially quite disconcerted to see him kind of wreck his political career because I really thought, you know, he had a future where possibly he could have Me run too. for like a statewide office. Yeah, we're in the same boat. Um, yep. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that's happening anymore because I think, you know, he's alienated so many Democrats by running this campaign where he doesn't even really have, you know, there's no real substance to his disagreements with Biden. It's just kind of this, you know, that Biden is too old and his polling is bad and we need an alternative. And, you know, I, I can definitely understand that perspective. But when you have an incumbent president who has a strong record to run on, the notion that having a, a bruising primary uh, is going to help the party and put Democrats in a better position to defeat Trump later this year never made any sense. And so, you know, I thought it was kind of a, you know, I thought it was a stupid idea to run in the first place. Um, like I said, his polling does seem pretty solid, but, uh, you know, he doesn't have any infrastructure in states beyond New Hampshire. So I think this is pretty much it for him. All right, we got about 30 seconds. And my final question to you is, did you see Anthony Edwards dunk on the entire world last night? And are you ready to see him do the same thing tonight? So this is funny. I was listening to the game on the radio because I was giving my kids a bath and uh, Alan Horton kind of no sold the dunk. Like it happened and, you know, it just kind of came and went. And then my brother texted me later and was like, did you see the ant dunk? And I was like the ant dunk. <laughs> and then he sent me a link to the clip and I was like, oh my God, you know, the baseline angle of that was the one where it was like, you know, it looks superhuman that he had kind of like a turbo boost. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to get too jazzed for this Memphis team that has none of their good players uh, healthy at this point. But uh, hopefully it'll be a nice, relaxing win. It's on national TV. And then I'll, I'll see what Charles Barkley has to say about the Wolves afterwards. Hey, have fun tonight, my man. And uh, it's good to know that you are indeed the one. You're the one that's able to find the Wolves on the radio these days. But I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. I was listening on the NBA app, actually, not on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Aaron Rupar from Public Notice joining us here on the Lake Show News Talk 830 WCCO. We'll uh, take a brief pause. We'll come back and wrap up hour one, and we'll do that next. All right. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much to Aaron Rupar for being a part of the show. Appreciate that greatly. I love the spirited conversations, man. In sports, in politics, in entertainment, in everything in life. Your life should encompass all of these type of conversations. But I was truly curious about how does somebody play it if they're in a situation where they're like, man, I I just don't like these guys. Well, th- there are some that think that one of these candidates can do nothing wrong. And that's the problem. Well, there's a can- there is a one of the candidates thinks that he can do nothing wrong. And a lot of his supporters feel like he can do nothing wrong. I, I just And that's a pr- and that's, listen, that's listen. a problem when you can't look at it objectively. If 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 you 
think that voting for um, Donald Trump and you think that he is a good person, I, I seriously question your morals. And by the way, the line, if anything, if anything, forget about mocking servicemen. Forget about mocking the disabled. Forget about grabbing women by the you-know-what and the rape stuff. After January the 6th, he still gets your vote. Oof. My goodness, what are we doing? He wants to take away rights. He wanted to overthrow the government. What are we doing? He wants to be the guy. Coming up next, former NFL football player, currently founder of Youth and Families Determined to Succeed, Mel Anderson. He joins me in studio next year on The Lake Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.